Sentire Media Happy May 1st. You have downloaded the pod, the, the podcast from Italy. Been doing it a long time now, very infrequently. Mm -hmm. Since about probably 2008 or so. Yeah, we didn't realize. No, we were early on on this. But uh, yeah, like we said, you wouldn't know by the numbers. I think we're only at 120 some odd podcasts. But over 10 years in, over 12 years in. Yearly (laughs) average is not great, but we have been doing it a long time. I'm Jason sitting across from Ashley representing the Washington Huskies wearing a pink jumper or sweatshirt what are first of all jason's colorblind this is I'm definitely sorry, purple, purple. <laughs> I <say> pink. and <laughs> go dogs <laughs> uh like i opened it up primo maggio first of may nine o'clock in the morning we've been up for a while we've already done been up cleaning rooms and yep. getting two coffees in two coffees in if you can tell by the speed of my talking yep 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 <laughs> Normally we do this a little bit earlier in the morning, but we got to work and uh, and I expected the clouds to kind of roll out and warm up, but it hasn't. So we've taken a little break and we'll heat up the microphones. Well, if you listen to the last podcast or two, we've had a dry winter and uh, this the coin has flipped and we have had a wet, wet spring. So April, thankfully, made we had the April showers, hopefully that we needed. Um, however, if we're jumping right into it... Well, March and April kind of flipped this year, it seemed like. Yes, definitely. March was warm and sunny and dry. days in the 20s. And April was wetter and cooler. Still uh, some mornings at negative one. Absolutely. Now, we got some water, but it doesn't mean that we're good for the year. We still need... This just means that we have to now get water through the summertime. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it will be bad. I have prepared my... Prepare yourself! I've prepared myself by bringing um, a second source of, of water down to the garden, so I am ready. And because the way the world works, that will mean it will be an extremely wet um, summertime. Which <laughs> 100%. This... The one thing I've learned about living in an old stone farmhouse and this girl for sure, uh, Murphy's Law applies every goddamn time. <laughs> so, or maybe we're just looking for I it. I know. But it, I'm sure that we're, since we are prepared for a possible drought, it, we will end up with a incredibly wet June, July, and or August. So, <laughs> Well, let's back it up a little bit yep. and uh, we'll take you back to before Easter and what's going on around here in, the, in our lives in the little town of Piobico and the surrounding areas. This is a podcast uh, light on... True facts. We try to be light on fluff, and we just cut straight to the real life stuff. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, where do you want to start, Ash? You want I to want start to start with before- Good Friday. Okay, Good Friday. Here we go, Sarah Valle. Sarah Valle. So Sarah Valle is. Um, we live. Piobico is our main little close town, and it is sits in the shadow of Monte Nerone. And as you climb Monte Nerone, almost at the peak, the little last village you can reach is called Saravale. And if Piobico has 2,000 people on a packed day, Saravale might have 200. I'm sure that's an exaggeration, but... I don't know. I don't know either, to be honest. Um, We have never done this. Um, We have gone to different Good Friday... um, processions and events throughout our area, but never up at Saravale. And this one starts pretty late for us. Normally it starts around 10 o'clock or so. And it's also these kind of Italian festivals are weather dependent. So um, all of it's outside. And if it's too cold, too wet, 
uh, Good Friday gets either postponed or canceled. <laughs> and this, these uh, Good Friday kind of procession ceremonies in the evening happen in a lot of small towns throughout Italy, not just Saravalli. Oh, no, not at all. So uh, we took a little nap, went up there, and sure enough, it was so wonderful. The entire little village that just perches on the edge of the mountain with stunning views of the kind of rolling mountains of the foothills of the Apennines coming down. Um, they all shut off their lights. All the villagers are dressed in costume as you enter the town. Um, there's some of the scenes from Jesus's time <laughs> of bread makers and people weaving baskets and things. And then we come upon, we weren't sure what this was going to exactly be. And it ended up, it was a full blown, um, production play of the passion. So of the last, um, days of jesus's life and they went all out they had three stages and they would rotate scenes through the stages so they'd have a scene at the first stage and then everyone would walk like a five minute walk to the kind of the other part of the village only lit by torches yep um and then they'd have another scene and then you'd kind of walk back to the big main square where there was two stages and they'd kind of switch it was it was nice we stayed for well, let's just say we stayed for about an hour and a half, and we were barely halfway through. That's why we were ready to peace out. I went to Catholic school growing up, and it was like, yep, I'm, we're ready. We, were, we had a really early morning the next morning, and it was like, yep, this was good. But it's just – it was – great to go because you run into neighbors you run into the different shopkeepers or um if any of you guys have been here on our feel like a local friday and we go up to the hunter's hideaway at aqua partita everyone from the restaurant is there in costume they set up a little living village like a medieval living village with these different stations throughout the you know the basket weaver and the cheesemaker and the That's bread what I was baker saying, yeah. exactly I was, little... I was staring out the window i saw you <laughs> welcome back to the podcast jason um it's great. And it, it just is something that's so wonderful to see the pride that people put in. I mean, they had lights, smoke machines, um, the microphones. There was definitely some glitches. It was very Italian, over-modulated microphones. Um, the poor um, vision of one of the, I don't know, an angel, saint. I can't remember you who. Mean, you don't know? No. 12 years of Catholic school? Exactly. Can't remember? Um, her poor mic kept cutting out so bad if she bent over. But it's beautiful. I love it. The little kids running around. little And here's something else we were talking about. With these torches and stuff lit all over town, no one's screwing with it. No one's poking the fire. No kids are trying to, like, light garbage. I don't know. I just always think... Could we do this in the States? Oh, absolutely. Having open torches just at, Isla, at at chest level throughout the whole town? Absolutely not. I know. Are you kidding me? And I love how respectful, even if people weren't participating, that all the little lights were out. It just kept the mood perfect. Well, that's kind of the different mentality here a little bit is you can't – if you stuck your hand in the fire and burned yourself, it's your own fault. Yeah, it's why, not are the being, fault why are you being an the, idiot? Yeah, why Quit hitting be- yourself. <laughs> P.S. If you're hearing any background uh, noise, that's uh, Jason's Carhartt overalls getting a good wash down there in the dryer. So just getting ready for a day's work. But if you hear a little ka-clunk, ka-clunk, sorry about the interference. So anyway, Saravalo was great. The next morning, we were up in Adam. Um, it was So that was Good Friday. Saturday morning, we were out early on our way to Fano to get to the market. There's a 
big, beautiful um, farmer's market uh, in Fano on Saturday mornings. And we wanted to get there before the herds because this is Saturday. Sunday is Easter. Monday is Pasquetta, Easter Monday. And Tuesday, we had a dinner for 25 guests. So we needed to get a ton of groceries. Now, normal, or not groceries, but produce. Produce. Normally, I don't shop that far ahead. But because of the fact that this um, this dinner was on a t- the Tuesday after Easter evening, there is n- Let's not- talk about this. Let's y- break it down. Yeah. Um, uh, around the holidays, around big holidays, in the uh, for buying food is all at war. It's war. You have to get there early. You have to battle the cur- herds. You better have a list. Yeah, you got to have it your, twice. You, you got to have it together because um, these Italians get together in numbers. So you'll have people shopping for for twenty people, and it's it's a big it's big deal. So we were there bright and early. We were there at eight o'clock. We got the best parking space I've ever had. Unbelievable. At the Heard of. I was driving. I didn't even get all sweaty and freaked out. There's no one on the road. I know. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so we have no – because if I go and try to do the shopping Tuesday morning when all the shops open back up, there's no, it's, it looks like there was just a natural disaster. Absolutely. And there is nothing on the shelves. No it, fresh There's like anything. a tumbleweed rolling through. <laughs> That's how the grocery stores are. So um, I like going to the farmer market because it's there is a ton of uh, different – um, people come down and you can just get loads of different things. So I needed artichokes for 20 people. So I needed a whole case, a crate of artichokes. Talk about the price for a quick oh, sec. Um, 50 artichokes, 12 euros. Okay. Awesome. Beautiful. Um, this time of year, <clears throat> if you're not into fava beans, artichokes, peas. asparagus, peas, uh, strawberries, spring greens, greens, you're in big trouble. Cause that's what's going around. And, um, that's basically what the menu consisted of those vegetables. Um, and we you, we grabbed everything, and we were out of there before the herds came. It I know was it was it was wonderful, <laughs> but it's just it is something uh, to think about because you might think like if you have a bed and breakfast one day yourself, or even just living here and you plan or something visiting. or that, visiting exactly. That's a great, let's talk about the holidays that we just went through a little bit. Um, we just went through uh, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, Easter Monday, Liberation Day on the 25th of April, and today's uh, uh, May 1st, and we have another May Day holiday. holiday. So within two weeks, there's been like five holidays. There's almost more holidays in that period than working days. Well, absolutely, because everyone closes up. Everything mm-hmm. this year, because of the way Easter fell, between Easter and basically today or tomorrow. tomorrow, which is then Thursday, some people have taken off schools from Easter until May 6th because that's when Monday is. So it's it's crazy from um, – I just not the grocery store isn't necessarily closed in that break, but small offices, regular businesses. They'll um, take that opportunity to close exactly. down for a period of time. So plan ahead. Uh, we, I saw a few oh, – Facebook. I saw a few Facebook uh, – Ashley's on all those stupid traveling to Italy Facebook groups where you ask, I'm traveling to Italy. What should I pack? <laughs> I'm going to the Amalfi Coast. Can you tell me some hidden gems? Um, anyway, I saw a couple of ones um, on there about Jason's a troll. <laughs> we're, we're here in the uh, around Easter, and everything's closed. It's exactly. like you've got to understand if you're traveling here during this period, or like uh, August uh, during the Ferragosto, fifteenth of August, or when there's a group of of holidays. 
anything to do for entertainment or food will be open. The bar, the bar will be open. The restaurants will be open. That kind of stuff will be open. Museums, um, just getting stuff done. Will be small shops. Small shops will be closed. Our first winter here, when we moved to Italy, we arrived at the beginning. Um, sorry, uh, G- December twenty, December twentieth or twenty second. And we had grand plans for a Christmas feast at our house with my sister. And we didn't realize all the holidays surrounding Christmas. We and no, we barely, we almost starved. Yeah, we had no gas in the tank. I thought, oh, I'll get, oh, after Christmas, the gas man will come. Hey, gas man. No, they are, they're closed till the 6th of Jan- 7th of January. So Holidays um, are taken seriously. Keep, and- that in, keep that in mind if you're coming here and expecting uh, uh, it to be a holiday. And there, there's great things to do because if you're in Rome and everything's closed, but there's so many other, you can go to um, St. Peter's Basilica and see that whole thing going on you can go to these little um good friday things but you a museum might be closed exactly um so luke's party luke it was great it was luke's 75th luke and carolyn are our neighbors down the road um it was his 75th party i had ulterior motives not only did i um want to have his his whole family here it's great i love their family but i it was also an excuse to get the house open yes this Um, was so smart because it was sometime in january or whatnot and we were talking about this with luke and carolyn and jason said have it at our house and luke said i don't want to stress you out you guys don't even have guests till may why have a, a dinner or a lunch in april and he was like no i insist have it at our place and sure enough it was brilliant because we don't have guests until the beginning of may um and we chose not to open it until a bit later this year however April has been filled with projects, and it's so easy to get sidetracked with all these outside, building the patio, all the stuff we're about to get into and tell you what we've been up to, that you could forget about something like, well, the dining room's closed. Just leave it there. We'll get to it later. And this forced us to have the whole downstairs guest ready. Yes. So the house is open. We had our first, uh, our training, uh, our training dinner. We call it spring training. It went okay. Uh, It It went went great. It went okay. I thought I was, it was a little rusty, but... Or as far as I, from my perspective. I felt my presentation was excellent. Uh, <laughs> your jokes land, you, I know, your jokes were landing. Uh-huh. I, um, I even did an impromptu speech. I, I thought I'd, I was flying high. <laughs> uh, so that's great. <clears throat> um, it was nice to see the whole, their whole family and um, uh, try out a few new things that I wanted to try out for, uh, for the spring, which is nice. Some of, oh, here's something. I order my meat on uh, Tuesday bef- a week ahead of time, seven full days before I need it. And Jason's got a good butcher. The butcher usually hooks me up. Well, they made a mistake this time. And when I go to pick up my roast on Tuesday, it's not it's not there. And again, Tuesday after Easter. And, we're, and he's cooking for 25. Nothing there. Nothing. What What can you guys give me? What can I do? There's nothing here. Um, they apologize, 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 but it doesn't matter. I don't have anything to make. No, and there's not like an animal in the back they could go kill. No, there's no one coming. Yeah, it's there's nothing. Like, let's figure. What are we going to do? In the end, we figured it out. We did a, a pork shoulder roast, which is not what I'd really want to do, but it, it came, came out, out beautiful. Fine. Um, and that that boring story really doesn't have an ending to it. <laughs> well, tell them what you did to it. Roasted it. 
Oh, rubbed it. Sorry, made just a rub. Ro- rubbed it down. Roasted it slow in the oven. Um, w- rubbed it down with lardo and a bunch of uh, herbs and salt and blah blah blah. And roasted in the oven. Um, Is that a go-to if you um, for something like this with the roast? You had a, one idea in mind of a certain meat and cut you were going to do. Yeah, I Is was this gonna, a good way to just like? No, I wanted to do the whole bone-in pork loin with the with the French uh, bones coming up. Yes, which is beautiful. Um, but Italy throws you curveballs. Yeah, you got it. It's just a tougher cut. It's not a you know. It's just it was fine, but not what I wanted to do. And it had there had to be something, right? But this is classic. <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> so since I mentioned it briefly, we have been busy. Ashley's dad came into town for a whole month. It was great. Uh, he was here when we first moved to Italy, the, our first few months. He mm-hmm. came for about four weeks. And this was great because he's an engineer. So we get, all the projects that uh, involve electricity or things that, we, that I was really struggling with, we got to tackle. So we put in the new pump and the new um, uh, patio. With well, the, tell him what the pump's for. Well, the pump, this is a big deal. Yeah, this is a big deal. So we have a sulfuric water well up at the top uh, by where everyone parks. We really haven't utilized it. I use it uh, to refill the pool and um, sometimes to like water irrigation to like water the grass around there. But nothing. It really wasn't <clears throat> being properly utilized. It's a backup. This year we're really worried because the groundwater uh, the levels are really still really low. So this can be a alternate source that we can filter and uh, de um, you throw it through the UV filter and and charcoal filter and use it as an emergency uh, water source for the house as well as I'm going to use it for a main water source for the garden because I don't think the little stream is going to hold up to what I uh, what I need. No, because we're not on city water. Not at all. I think we've talked about this. A bunch I just of like time. to give a little. F- in case someone's a first-time listener. <laughs> well, Marty hooked it up. He, he's installed all the plumbing for the pressure vessel and, the, and the, the pressure valve. And we got water going down. I have a ton of water coming down to the garden now. This is and, exciting because uh, now those huge cisterns, Jason used to spend tons of time refilling them. Yeah, with the stupid gas, gas pump. No more of that. This will be and on. And the fire hoses. <laughs> yeah, this will be on demand. Uh, it's going to be great. So We're living large. Woo! And we did the patio. Yep. So we talked about it a little bit. Um, maybe even on a podcast, we mentioned we were thinking about making it a, a wooded, um, more like a deck patio. We opted out of that because we have no idea what we're doing. It's too much of a slope. We would have to <laughs> literally have the, like, put down um, piers and pylons and all this stuff. No, too thank much. You. Too much. So we went with a, uh, we called it the pit for a while, and then it was the sandbox for a while. Now it is the patio. <laughs> Um, we did a, we do, we do these projects ourselves, so it's got to be something attainable and I'm sure you could hire it out. It probably wouldn't be expensive, but it's also fun to learn how to do this stuff. So we took the old picnic area under the trees, which had some great shade and a beautiful view and just thought, why don't we repurpose this as a new outdoor lounge area? And um, so we dug it out, and especially because Jason was mentioning this grade that was um, a little steeper than the, it looked. Four centimeters. Yeah. So we, we got to rent a mini digger, which was great. Um, uh, someone in uh, the Well, local- tell them how this worked because we don't have um, – we'll get to the tractor a little bit later. But um, when it comes to finding and renting 
equipment. It can be difficult because you can't really search online, at least in our area. In our area, we're too far away from everything. So, yes, of course, on the coast, there's big outfits who you can rent equipment from. But out here, you got to, if you do find something, how do you transport it? Because we don't have a trailer. And to get them to transport the piece of equipment usually is more money than the renting the stupid The best thing. place to ask around is at either the hardware store or the building supply stores. And um, because we in our little area you don't find a little rental um, outdoor equipment cherry picker digger no, anything no. like that so it's like you got to kind of piece it together and ask around you got to find a guy who has one who'll lend it out for some That's, money Basically, where we got lucky, Jason noticed that the hardware store owner in Piobico had a little digger by one of his properties and was like, I in it. And going, oh, that's a I'm sweet. I'm like, well, where'd you find that thing? Did you rent it? Like, what's going on? He's like, well, no, I picked it up. You know, so-and-so died two times over and I bought it, uh, you know, 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, is there anywhere to rent those things around here? He's like, well, what do you need it for? And sure enough, he's like, yeah, I'll bring it over. You can use it for a few hours. And he charged by the hour. It wasn't that expensive. He's five minutes. You know, he's in P.O. because he delivered it and picked it it up. So that was huge. Um, And we got to play on a digger for five days, which was great. And now it's made me want. Oh, so it's like it's one of these things where you have to get the hang of it at first. But once you get on that seat. You get in the zone. Uh, I liked it. I know. I want one for our, our imaginary tractor that one day will show up. I know. Oh, uh, my God. Um, so it was really useful because we had to dig down the, um, the little place where we uh, – four and a half meters by five meters. It fell 50 centimeters from the highest point to the lowest point. So that's a lot. So we – and the, the dirt over there is just this heavy clay compacted over years and years and years. So the digger really made – I mean, there was a learning curve. God knows if a professional came over, it would have taken – Zip, them, zip, zip. Yeah, three hours. <laughs> been yeah, like, it took us three days. It took us three days. Um, but we also dug the trenches for the line that we put for the garden and – Tried and, to fix the driveway a bit. And um, so then fast forwarding ahead, they built um, – Jason and my dad built a frame to um, kind of hold back the – The now wall, the, the now dirt wall that there is. Exactly. And we went and got our gravel. And that, again, the gravel's not expensive no, at all. Yeah, well, here's, here it is again. <laughs> the gravel was 70 euros to fill, but the transportation was, was 80. <laughs> so- so it's like, oh my gosh! So now I think I need a I need a a big truck to transport stuff around. But it's all coming together. We got the um, antique bricks uh, that go around and make a nice border. It, it the looks gravel's good. all in. The only thing that I did that Ashley that Ashley doesn't like is uh, I filled in around the outside of the wall with the rock, and she said it looks nineties. So, it looks nineties and like messy. All right. Well, that's a, that's an easy. That's just a couple hours. I can fix that. Easy. Yeah, I was like, I do not like that. But um, <laughs> um, also, we put in some new lights around. We did not. I, put actually, in that. I didn't do shit. I with didn't that do light. shit for the lights either. Marte did it all. <laughs> He scoped out the whole uh, lighting pathways of all the outdoor lights and scratched his head and was like, why they?" it's like, yes, welcome oh, to Oh, okay. Our this world. is actually a really quick little glimpse. So this was my dad's first time really diving into some of the projects of the house, of the electrics and things like that. Like we mentioned, he was here before and helped out, but this time it was, we're diving in. And so... It was very interesting to see his reaction at times because it's so chaotic when you start opening, um, 
like access access panels or things holes. in the holes in the ground, and it's like a you, lot of what the hell is this? You, we find diagrams or different schematics for the systems in the house, and then um, that's what was submitted to the. Um, for the permits, and then you look at what's going on in real life, and it's like, oh, that doesn't look anything like they said they were going to do. No. <laughs> so um, just when you're thinking of remodeling a place or even just doing these small projects, first of all, it helped to have some of these old property house documents. Of but Kind it, of and didn't at the same exactly. time. Because sometimes it leads you down a path that it's not there, and you're like, what the hell? It, there should be something here, and I must be wrong. And it's like, nope. They just didn't do it the way they they said, and this is what it is. Exactly. Like for instance, we have um, for okay. If you if you're not interested in this, just fast forward two minutes. But um, we have circuits for the uh, three. We have one main circuit and three sub circuits for the outdoor lighting. Two of the circuits have one circuit has the back part, the other the other has the front part, and then one of the sub circuits only has one light on it. <laughs> One light on it. Why? Why? The others each have eight or 12 or whatever it is. You know, a whole section. But this one, just one. Just one. That was a, that was a head scratcher. Uh, well, there's a lot more like that. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just entertaining to see a uh, fresh eyes on old problems. And even Luke, when he'd come over and Marty would be like, oh, my God, can you believe this? And Luke's like. Yep. Yes, don't open that. <laughs> yep, just close that back up. That's for another day. <laughs> but uh, it all came together. And just oh, fin- and one other thing on yeah, these yeah, projects. Yeah, yeah. So whether it's the um, the truck delivery guy was a little bit different, but when we're working with a plumber or something who comes by to pop in on this stuff, just like the, we've talked about this before with the guy who delivers the wood, what is with them not wanting to take payment? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't you know. You try to pay him right then and there. Well, like- I think because we got a bunch of parts. I think he maybe didn't know the the prices of the parts. It's always a – you never know. Either you're paying them cash right there or eight months from now you'll get a bill. I have no idea. I know. It's just another funny, wacky Wednesday in Italy. <laughs> All right. Tractor update. We talked about last time our big announcement. Woo! that we're working with New Holland um, CNH uh, tractors and um, nothing has happened since then. No, um, we're still waiting. It's supposed to be coming. um, They're building the tractor from scratch. So it's coming sometime in mid-May and that's the last we've heard of it. We're supposed to be going to something called Yacy Days, which is like a tractor workshop day. Open house. Open house and little school to learn how to put on the attrezzi. What are attrezzi called? The equipment, what's that called? Uh, implements. Implements. And um, so that'll be fun. Hopefully that'll work out. Of course, the dates they sent us were fully booked with guests. Um, uh, the Yeah, they closed for, you know, 10 They closed days. for all that chunk of time in Easter, to, <laughs> around Easter too, and still closed. So it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but we'll keep you posted. Once we get that tractor, you will see. That is for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't you worry. You'll know. know. You will know. <laughs> Um, what do you want to talk about the forno? Oh, yes. Uh, forno Alenia, the wood-burning oven. We're doing wood-burning oven class here in when? We've got one in July uh, and one in September. So uh, Right over 4th of July weekend. In um, 
spring, it's always time to break out the, you know, get back into the, the wood burning oven. And this year I really want to do, um, a, not a patchwork, but a fix. Cause I, my oven leaks, I've talked about it a lot. It leaks heat. So I had the, uh, moratore or the, uh, Mason come out and he looks at it and he goes, oh, you got to get in from the top. The problem with getting in from the top and not working from the inside of the oven is ours is built into the like it's built in so you would have to destroy the whole side of that wall that it's in and roof the whole and thing. roof to get into the top so that that's is not going to have problem he said there's maybe a product that will that we can seal the inside with that's heat resistant that um you kind of put on like stucco almost like stucco over the entire thing over the entire kind of making inside. a new shell exactly if you will um because simply patching it with the um refractory cement does not work anymore if anyone out there know it works with in this world and knows of a product like that please let me know because i'm having a heck of a time finding it here well maybe tell people why uh how did this start uh this started from my misuse of the oven and that's the main thing. It is so important to gradually heat your oven up and not just blast off with a big fire because you will crack it, and I have. Um, and there's no going back. They, I'm sure when you go to buy these kits and they're like, ah, you can repair it, no problem. It's never, it's never the same. It's like um, put like totaling a car and trying to repair it. It will still drive, but it's going to be wonky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So my oven is wonky, and it's my oven. I love it, and I know the wonk, but um, I'm trying to cook bread out there, and I need to hold a certain particular – I need to hold 250 degrees for like two, three hours, and it's not doing it. It'll, I can, it'll dive down. It'll go from 300 to 180, 300 to 180. Now, what was Gaji's solution? Why don't you use a thermometer? <laughs> like, no shit, old man. I already, what, how do you think I know it goes from 300 to 180? Oh, oh, you, and it was so funny. He's like, listen, listen, here's what you need to do. You need to get a th- these, these devices, they're called thermometers. And Jason goes, oh, okay, you mean like this? And he pulls out the one that goes in the oven and the laser one. <laughs> and God, he's like, oh. Well, let me continue to keep telling you what to do. <laughs> so I'm looking for a, some. it's got to be something probably in the... Um, Fireplace, firebox, mm-hmm. something to do with that that's kind of a coating that uh, – a product that you can – that's going to be a couple of centimeters thick or a centimeter thick that you can paint on – not paint on. Sorry. Um, what's the correct word? Like stucco. What do you do with stucco? You don't paint it. You – Throw it? Mm, sure. Throw it on. Mm-hmm. Trowel it on. Trowel it on. Trowel it like, on. Like a, stucco, like a stucco, but that it can hold up to the heat. Well, I hope you find it. Yeah, I probably won't. <laughs> um, we've been busy as well working on the website. Go on over and take a look at www.latavlamarque.com. We this is the earliest we have ever done this. First to announce on the podcast, we have our. What's with the horrible? What's I have no the, idea. Why that's why you start doing that. I have no idea. Okay, that's let's why. Just quit it. It's good. <laughs> That's why I had to change positions. I was like, something was going on there. Anyway, the 2020 calendar is up. We will keep um, kind of tweaking it and adding a few other uh, workshops and programs. But if you are one to plan ahead, go for it. This year we are too. (laughs) Also, if you're uh, looking to rent out the farmhouse for 2020, shoot me a message and I'll send you our Q&A. We've got, um, we'd love to have you come and fill the farmhouse with your friends and family. I think also, unless you have anything else you want to add, I'm going to read a little bit from the book again. Those want to stick around. 
garden's going in. We're waiting for the we're waiting for the the um, soil to dry out, and then we'll start putting plants down. Sounds good. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. Um, I try to do a bunch of stories here, little videos of the cats, chickens, all of that, <laughs> um, and what's cooking. Of course, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, and. You can shoot us an email, info at Latavola Marche, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. Talk to you later. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. All right. Thanks for sticking around for the continuation of the unfinished, unpublished, untitled book. And it's really just chapter summaries that are quite extensive. But here we go. We are moving on to summer. Chapter 19, La Transumanza. La transumanza is the traditional farming practice of moving a herd of cows from the farm in the valley to the lush fields atop Monte Nerone, towering above Piobico, to graze freely for the summer months. From the moment Jason and I heard of this practice, we were ready to help Giancarlo and his family move their cows. This was one of the most incredible experiences I have ever had. Nel mio cuore per sempre, in my heart forever. Not only because I am the first American and female to participate in the Transumanza and Piopico, but for the absolute beauty of the day, feeling more connected to our town and these people more than ever. No matter the age, from 23 to 84, our group left promptly at 4.30 a.m. on a beautiful summer morning. Sadly, Jason offered to drive a guest with a broken foot to Bologna, and instead of a spectacular day in the sun bonding with our neighbors, he was stuck in a hot car without AC in deadlock traffic on the autostrada while I was herding cows up a mountain. <laughs> Off to a quick start, due to the horses pushing from the rear, the cows literally ran through the entire village before the sun or townspeople had risen. Taking the turn off the main road, we left the horses behind and continued by foot up on the small winding trail leading to the top of the mountain. Breathing in the smell of wild mint, we stopped along the way for an impromptu picnic. Bread, mortadella, and wine. I was looked at like a crazy lady when I offered water to the group. <laughs> I pulled out my backpack and my bottle of water and said, Would anyone like any? And Jarla, Carlo flashed his grin and said, Asley, why drink water when we have wine? It's better for you. After a short rest and finishing off about seven bottles of wine between the 12 of us, we began moving the cows as the men broke out into song. God, I love Italy. From Ruggiero, the big slow bull, which cracked me up because I kept thinking of our plumber with the same name and traits. To the old lady, it was fun naming the cows as we herded. They were massive to be right up next to. I was a little afraid of a stampede. But Giancarlo assured me not to worry, especially about the bull. He's so old and slow, he's not going anywhere quick. And then, of course, there was Norman, the young calf. For all you City Slickers fans, I couldn't stop calling out to him, Norman, hello, thinking my Billy Crystal impression was spot on. No one else was impressed and actually was pretty confused by my antics. They asked if I had thought of this calf spoke English. <laughs> of course. No one knew what I was talking about. 
Most of the time, the heifers just followed the leader with a gentle nudge here and there to keep them in line. But every once in a while, they would wander off course, and we'd have to herd them back and flush them out of the woods. One particular time, a few cows in my zone headed up into the woods. Michele, a true farmhand, I've never seen cleaned up. His skin so dark and dirty, the whites of his eyes seem to pop. Has been herding cows for 10 years with the Moki family. He shouted out, Ashley, bye, go, get your cows, go, go, push them. I loved it. As the only girl, I was glad not to be cut any slack. I wrangled them back in no time. Welcomed by family and friends with a huge picnic of pranzo organized by Paola, Giancarlo's sweet older sister, the cows arrived at the top of Monte Nerone around 10.30 a.m. It was all worth it for the view. My God, how spectacular. I could see from the Adriatic Sea deep into Tuscany with a patchwork quilt of farm and hills in between. I was proud that I had made it to the top and hadn't whisked out in front of the guys. If they could do it, so could I. A few of the herders laid their weary heads in the meadows for a quick nap in the warm sun. The rest of us recounted our favorite moments, just enjoying the day we spent together, forever bonded by this great journey. The cows, tired and hungry like us, were all happy to arrive at the top of the mountain to relax in the green fields and begin their grazing. The herd will remain on Montenerone, free to graze on grass like cows should, until mid-October when they will return to the Moki farm back through town. <laughs> the Transumanza is a complete group effort. Farmhand, family members, friends, help, they all help participate in this annual tradition. Along Oh, sorry, among the many are Franco the farmhand and town polenta maker, Enrico, a good college friend of Giancarlo, Michele, Tiziano, Giacobbe, Egido, who for a decade have never missed the Transumanza, completely honored my name will be on that list as one of the faithful few. And I must say, I think I'm a pretty good coward and city slicker. <laughs> With a glass of red wine, I take a bite of prosciutto panini and watch the happy cows atop the mountain. I think perhaps the grass is greener sometimes. Just like the cows, Jason and I have survived an uphill battle to graze in finer pastures. After completing this pilgrimage with a group of 13 neighbors, it solidified it it solidified us in the community. We are here to be part of it. We are here to be part of it, all of it, through the snowy winters, helping push hundreds of cattle up the mountains, participating in a quote-unquote protest to fix our road, shopping daily at the local markets. We weren't going home, and now they understood. It seemed to be a collective agreement. There must have been another town hall meeting. So much so, a miracle happened. After six months, we had our first delivery of mail without a middleman. I'll never forget seeing the postman's white and yellow Fiat Panda pull up the driveway. It came running down the stairs, shouting the entire way, they found us! They found us! They know we're here! It was really more exciting than you could ever imagine. <laughs> All right, we'll stop there for today. And next time, chapter 20, Running Over the Hill. This is from Jason's point of view. All right, have a great day, and we will talk to you next time. Ciao, ciao! Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. 
Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy, and we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.